Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. On 882 6PR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments, because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments, because the little things are everything. Uh, Something a little bit different in this episode. We're going to speak to someone who, uh, through his profession, willingly puts himself uh, in the face of danger. He actually goes to work expecting that uh, he may well uh, get injured or hurt along the way. Uh, He is a professional stuntman and he's uh, also uh, a cancer survivor. In fact, uh, much of his career he's had to do that through uh, a series of blood transfusions, bone marrow transplants and everything else that goes with battling cancer. Uh, and I suppose now he's uh, also looking at uh, other uh, avenues that his life may take uh, in a career post uh, doing crazy stunts. So hello and welcome to Nigel Harback. How are you, Nigel? Good morning, Tim. Very well, thank you. I, I suppose I should ask the obvious question is, you know, physically, how are you? Um, give, us a, give us a tally of broken bones, other injuries that you might have suffered through a, a career of being a stunt man? Uh, well, yeah, my body's fine. Look, I mean, being a professional stunt man, you, you know, you, you're going to get injuries. You know, there's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. It's like riding a motorbike. It's not a matter of if, if you're going to fall off, it's when you're going to fall off, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you've got to look after yourself. You've got to train properly, but you do get injured, yeah. Yeah. And what, what are some of the worst injuries you've had over the years? Look, I've been pretty lucky, Touchwood. I've, I've knocked myself out a couple of times, um, broken a few fingers, uh, broken ribs, but nothing too dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. So just to put it in perspective, so, I mean, let's talk about some of the films that you've been on. Yep. Um, which ones stand out for you in terms of just the demands placed on you, the sorts of stunts you've had to do? Um, well, I mean, probably a highlight of my career was Matrix. Yep. Um, and... I a classic. One, yeah, I was one of the lead doubles. So um, that means when you're like one of the lead actors, they need doubling. So if they can't do a stunt, you know, I get dressed up like them. They put, you know, maybe put a wig on me or whatever it might be. Um, and then I I train to do the the the, the sequence they they can't do or they're not allowed to do mm. uh, with insurance reasons. And then um, yeah, that was a that's a big one for me, the Matrix. So. So right. just to give us some insight, so, I mean, Hugo Weaving was someone that you doubled for, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one he's of guys, a, yeah. one of the key characters in there. Correct. One of the really violent characters in there. Yeah. So a lot of the, the scenes where he's going around, you know, trying to take out Neo, yep. Keanu, yep. in the film, and, you know, there's a lot of lot of fight-type scenes and, and action scenes, that's you. 
Yeah, well, some some of the scenes, like he had a, a couple of stunt doubles. I was um, a stunt double, like a couple of driving scenes and all that sort of stuff. So he had, you know, a guy who was doing gymnastics. There's a, another guy, um, a friend of mine, who was his main stunt double. But I had my own part in the Matrix. I was also doubling one of the other agents, um, agent. Um, I forget his name is, but I, there was three agents. So um, I just played a big part in the in the whole film. I was, I think, I doubled like four people. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I was involved with um, training Keanu, um, you know, the whole way through, just um, adapting to whatever came up. Yeah. What's Keanu like? In- interesting fella. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. He intense. seems a bit different. Yeah. I remember this time where we we're playing ping pong, and I was I was pretty good at ping pong, mm. and. Um, <laughs> It seems a bit boring for a stuntman. I know. So in, be, in between takes, we'd have this game of ping pong. So I was playing him for the first time, and he was losing. And we had this um, this wall as a divider. I remember him doing this side kick through the wall. I was going, right, this guy, this guy's serious because I was beating him. So yeah, <laughs> you must have so many stories like that. Oh, so many. Yeah. 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 Um, which we'll maybe try to prize out of you yeah. um, over the course good. of the next hour or so. I know yeah. There's probably some you can't. Say, right? You've probably got those that you share with your friends and some that you share in a public forum like this, right? Yeah, I'll probably get a few phone calls. <laughs> Let's go back to your early days, though. Yep. Um, what were you like as a, as a teenager? Were you always drawn to potentially dangerous situations? Um, look, I've got this theory that, you know, stunt guys are usually uh, stunt guys before they start. You know, they've yep. got... You know, they're pretty action-orientated. They're adventurous. Um, not everybody wants... I mean... The thought of being a stuntman's great, but mm. actually, being a stuntman's different. You know, you got a lot of long periods without work. Yep. Um, I'm typically not a nine, typically not a nine to five person. Yep. So, um, the stunt world suits me. It's like being on the circus. You go from film to film, film, and sometimes there's long periods where you don't work. Yep. Um, so, being a teenager, I was into surfing. I was into boxing. You know, just a just a general sort of um, pretty active. Teenager, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when I adapted to be a stuntman, I sort of had a lot of skills, you know. Yeah. So I just had to top up my, you know, driving skills, my gymnastic skills and, you know, all these other things that you go into be a stunt guy. When did the idea first take hold, though? Because it's one thing to – I mean, lots of teenagers are into those things, surfing, boxing. Question. And then when, when did the, the penny drop, hey, I um, might go and be a, actually, a film stuntman? I was actually in a nightclub, um, Club Bay View in, in, um, in Claremont. What a spot. Great spot. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be nodding their heads. Anyway, um, three o'clock in the morning, I was talking to this guy, and he said I to me, I think "A lot of people feel like they're stunned there at three o'clock in the morning at Club <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And uh, this guy said to me, "I said, what are you up to?" And he said, "Oh, tomorrow I'm going to be. This is three o'clock in the morning. He yeah, said, I'm going to be an extra on a movie." And I went, "Oh, really? How do you how do you do that?" So I looked into it the next day, you know, and. Um, there was this movie coming up. I forget the name of the movie. I think it was it's like a bit of a rock and roll movie back in a, a uh, local production here. Yeah, was it? yeah. And I actually got a job as an extra on this movie. Right. And I saw this guy doing donuts in the background in the car. You know, part of the movie scene. Yeah. And I um, got hold of his name. I rang him up. I said, "Mate, how do you do this? I want to be a stunt guy." And he goes, "I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy." <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. And I'll try to work out why he'd say that, you know. Yeah. And maybe he was having a bad day or it didn't suit him the career or he didn't get to where he wanted to be. But, um, you know, that was when I was, um, I think, about 18. So I've just sort of 
left it for a bit and then just the idea didn't go away. Yeah. Uh, I just remember this guy doing donuts. You know? <laughs> it's all about the donuts. <laughs> yeah. So I was practicing donuts on the weekend so, <laughs> in my sister's car. So, um, so yeah, so the adventure, the story is that, you know, I just kept on this, um, this theory, you know, I wanted to be a stunt guy, you know, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I got hold of this guy at um, Movie World and said, look, I really want to try it for the, um, the stunt show over there. He said, look, get a showreel together. And I said, what's a showreel? <laughs> and uh, basically it's like a model has a portfolio, a, a, a stunt guy has a, mm. a showreel of what they can do. Mm. So I got my crusty old mates together and we did this fight scene. And I sent it over and he said, look, come over and we'll, we'll give you an audition. And uh, I came over there and they put me on a motorbike and said, look, you know, do a couple of wheel stands. I couldn't do wheel stands. And uh, I didn't get the I didn't get the job there, but I landed a job on a Jackie Chan movie. When a Jackie Chan movie was in town at the yeah. time. And uh, I went for an audition at um, for this Jackie Chan film. And because I was good at kicking and, you know, spinning and kicks and heel kicks and all that sort of stuff, and I was tall, they gave me a part. Right. So really that was my start to, yeah. the, to the stunt industry. And then yeah. I couldn't believe I got paid for doing this, <laughs> these things and paid well. Yeah. You know? So I said, this is me. That's, that's me done. That's, that's my me. job. That's me. Um, obviously fighting was a big part of um, your entry into, into being a stunt man. Um, and I understand when you were learning as a teenager, yep. um, Danny Green was one of your sparring partners. Is that right? Yeah, we we sort of uh, we started at the school in Scarborough, and we had this little room in Gilcliffe Street, and we had this uh, uh, my instructor, my sensei was this guy called Campbell Leach, and you know there was Danny Green, there's Brendan Green, there's all these these guys in the school. There's probably about ten of us, and this guy, Campbell Leach, he was about oh, in his fifties, and he had this. Um, this scar at his back and he had one ear and he's this huge, like heavy guy, but with a heart of gold yeah. and he would train us so hard. Mm. You know, that was the, the base. I mean, yeah. without stunt, without, um, being without my martial arts, I don't think I'll be here today. Mm. That really mm. gave me my sort of groundwork. Yeah. And so when I rocked up, Granny was there and I think he put me on my bum, you know, the first yeah. time and he's only a cheeky little grommet then, <laughs> yeah. and just laughing, yeah. laughing at me, you know, and then from there, right. everybody branched off. Like Greeny went to boxing, you know, my, another mate went to UFC, and you know, so we all sort of took our our paths from this little club. Yeah, you know, yeah, and um, yeah, it was a great sort of start. So was he one of those classic disciplinarians? You know, you you train hard, you come into you the, fight hard, the dojo, then, you bow, yeah. you step back, you know, you show respect. You know, yeah. old school, and that's and that's what I, I I try to teach now to the young guys. You know, the respect and mm. and you know, just. Morals is so important in today's society. You know, yeah, I think we lose that a little bit, but that's another conversation. Anyway, that 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 could take up a whole hour there. Yeah, getting philosophical. Anyway, yeah. Just on that, we need to take a break, Nigel. We'll be back with more of your story in just a moment. This is inspiring stories. Stuntman Nigel Harback is our special guest. Back with more soon. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR. Brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Our special guest in this episode is professional stuntman Nigel Harback. Uh, Nigel, you, you mentioned before about uh, you know going over to Queensland and getting really what was your first big break on mm-hmm. a Jackie Chan movie. Yep. Uh, it was kind of fighting that was your first uh, 
entry ticket into that world, were you hooked straight away and thought, this is this is me, this is what I'm doing? Totally. It's yeah. just like, you know, I've, I had, what, 40 different jobs before I was 24. And yeah. when I, you know, was on set, I said, this is me. Yeah. I'm sold. What, what did you love about it? Just that you can go home, you can you can perform it at, at you know, you're trained to do what you love. You know, you're, yeah. you're boxing, you're, you're doing water stuff, you're doing, um, you know, you're doing that full time yeah. when you're training. Yeah. You know, it's just... But how do you, like, how do you actually, because there's so many different stunts, aren't there? There's, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's car heat, stuff, there's animals, fights, there's... heights, there's fire, there's so many dis- disciplines yeah. in the How do you actually train for that stuff? Well, I, I think I've got this thing called blocking. So I might have a discipline like, say, um, maybe driving. So I'll do three yeah. months of driving. Yeah. Then I might be doing another three months of gymnastics. might be doing three months of, you know, water stuff. So my level gets very high very quickly because yeah. I'm intensive for that three uh, mm. those three months. So it depends on what film I have. Like it might be like to save the matrix. So a lot of um, martial arts, for yeah. instance. So I do a block for three months, you know, just to get up to speed. Yeah. And then when if I start again, my my base level is quite high. Yeah. So I've got a lot of experience in a lot of areas. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you hear about you know the, the the Hollywood stars who like to do their own stunts. Yeah. Are there many of them totally. around? And yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. I'd I'd think that um, Hugh Jackman is a classic example. I mean. We had to teach him how to crack a whip one day, and yeah. by the end of the day, he's cracking two whips. Yeah, you know, and he's he can do everything. He yeah, can ride a horse, he can fight, he can you know, dance, sing, you know, yeah, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, yeah, and Tom Cruise is another guy. Um, yeah, he was doing a lot of his own stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's true. It's not just a bit of bravado on their part. No, no, there is. You know, they do put a little bit of sugar on it, but <laughs> um, but look, they some guys do do their yeah. own stuff. Yeah, and do they seek you out? And and get some tips on you know how to how to fall without hurting yourself. Totally, like a good stunt guy. They you know they rely on the stunt guys. You know, yeah, because we teach them how to how to fall. You know, and they they really trust us. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, when you're learning, say how to fall, because I've seen some f- footage of some of your stunts. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one um, one where you, you you're literally having to ride a bike <laughs> down a flight of <laughs> stairs. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> a certain injury if not you know, paralysis or something yeah you know i'm guessing you have to do that multiple times how do you it's you know, like how do you even bring yourself to do it even just practicing before the day of filming you just go you know because for most people there it, it's it's an instinct to to avoid danger right and how do you actually just go all right well i'm willingly going to ride my bike at pace mm. down these stairs Throw myself off it, yeah, and then tumble five times down a flight of concrete stairs well, and not hurt myself. How do you actually <laughs> tell your brain to, to to go ahead with this? Well, it's like if I I told you this is you know it's hard to get your head around it. Okay, yeah, but if you actually train and you practice, you know, and you visualize, it's it's not all that hard when it comes to and you know adrenaline's going through and you know mm. what you're going to do. You got pads everywhere, and I mean. Yeah, you just you got to train. You know, you got to prepare your body. Yeah, you know, and sometimes yeah, you do get hurt. Yeah, but that's why you know you pay the big bucks because <laughs> you do get hurt sometimes. You know. Yeah, and that's a fact. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that stunt you were talking about. You know, I padded it everywhere up ex- except my ankles, and I, and I bust my ankle. You know. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. 
<laughs> I forgot to tell you that one. Yeah, but um, but you know, some days where I was on set and like there's one instance that I had to punch Keanu and he had to do this back kick as I went past him and he and he kicked my finger and my my finger went sideways. Yeah, and I knew there was about ten more takes, so you know, you, you just gotta. You know, take a bit of a cement teaspoon, teaspoon of cement, and then put your finger back in and, and get on with it. And yeah. then, when it's finished, you know, then you t- look after yeah. yourself. What about um, you know judging the the highs and lows of of your day and well, presumably days on end. You know, you, you've got these moments in a film where you, you would have to be so on. Yeah, um, is it hard then to come down from that and sort of you know balance that sort of rush of it's like adrenaline. Be, I suppose it's like being an athlete. You know, when you when your career's over, I mean, it's it's yeah. pretty hard getting back to you know. Normal, but even in between normal. shoots and stuff, you like, do you go into full Zen mode when you're not um, when you, when you're not on set? It, I think it is a bit of a um, with stunt guys. You know, we are sort of we're a little bit up and down. You know, yeah. it's all about us when we're performing, and then we you know we go away. But you sort of have to keep level head yeah there's a little bit of a meditation involved to it you know mm. science because you do you get this um, enormous amount of rush and then when the film finishes or the next day you go back to you know making coffees <laughs> carrying pads or whatever yeah. it might be you know so did you have to do that in between films you, you look when you start off with you do yeah. your apprenticeship yeah your apprenticeship you know you, you, you because you just can't do the big stunts straight yeah. away you know you got to do your time yeah yeah, yeah. so you mentioned The Matrix. Yep. You mentioned Hugh Jackman. What are some of the other big um, films or, or the, and, and the standout stunts that you've had to do? Well, there's another movie called Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. And I was a lead stunt double on that. There's a lot of driving on that one. There was um, Wolverine, the Superman, there's Thor, um, Mission Impossible. So a lot of those um, movies, I was a lead stunt double and I also had my own part. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I've got like 70 movies under my belt now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you like those opportunities where you actually had a had a part, not just a stunt? No, it's great. Or... You know, sometimes I, I go for these auditions and they, they look at my resume and there's, you know, I, I've i got like, I'll tell you exact, an, another story. I went for this this movie and this uh, my agent said, look, you've got to do 50 lines in this, in this movie. And I yeah. said, I'm like, I can't act. <laughs> and so I went for this part and there's this director there. He said, look, you know, and I had to go be a German soldier. Yeah. So I just, um, I was doing my lines and then I just felt like saying to him, I said, what are you looking at? And it wasn't even in the, the lines. And he just looked at me and he loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and I That's got what a, I want. And I got a second audition. <laughs> and I actually got the part. Wow. And then, um, so that flew me up to, to Movie World and they put me on my own sort of caravan. Yeah. Then we come to the read-throughs and they worked out I couldn't act. <laughs> so they put me in the background with a German Shepherd with some bacon in my pocket, giving the German Shepherd, so with no lines. <laughs> so, I'm not going to tell you the movie either. Okay, right. I'll just be looking out for... Yeah, so they paid me very well but to um, feed a German Shepherd. <laughs> with bacon in your pocket. Yeah, a little bit of bacon in the pocket. Yeah, right. Um, well, I've got to ask you then, you know, you've, you've mentioned some pretty big name movies that have some pretty big yeah, name people. Names, Come on, tell me, give, give us some dirt on some of the, the big names you've worked with. Well, who, I'm going who to get a few phone calls. Who the, well, you may well do, but you've, you've started this. So tell me, you know, some of the, some of the big name actors, who are the good ones to work with? Let's start with that. They won't mind that, I'm sure. Look, everybody's got a bit of a bad rap about Tom Cruise, but I think he's great. He's got yeah. this, um, this thing about him when he, when he turns up the set, he lights up the set. Yeah. He's got this. 
energy about him. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. Um, I worked with Sean Penn. I worked with John Travolta. Uh, let's see. Um, love working with uh, Woody Harrelson. Yep. Um, yeah, and there's some guys that, you know, that have rubbed me up the wrong way. Mm. Yeah. So we might have to have a few beers before you, <laughs> you let those slip. I remember I was working on this movie. Um, forget what it was, and I went to lunch and it was, and I didn't know anything about the etiquette about films. And this guy pushed in front of me in the lunch queue and I said, mate, go back to line. And it was William Hurt. And I said, oh, yeah, right. I didn't even know I was, I was doubling him. And then this lady <laughs> tapped me on the shoulder and said, Look, that's William Hurt. Let him go in front of you. I said, yeah, okay, sure. And we had uh, Keith O'Sullivan. He was one of the actors, and they what yeah. they do before they get into um, in their part, they might yeah. jump up and down in one spot, and they get into character, you know. Yeah. And my first job, they said, my boss said to me, "Look, go over there and just be um, be aware to carry uh, catch some water bottles." Yeah. So Keith would just jump on one, one foot and then just throw this bottle over his head, and I'll just have to catch this water bottle so it doesn't land on anybody. And that was my job. Yeah, right. you know? So they just get into character. You yeah. know? They do all these funny things. Yeah. You, you must have to work around some enormous egos, though. Oh, totally. You know, that's part of being a stunt guy. You know, mm. you, there is a, mm. a pecking order. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, we need to take another break, Nigel. After sure. that, I want to ask you about uh, a, a diagnosis that I'm sure came as a massive shock to you uh, many years ago and how you had to balance uh, being a stuntman with uh, cancer treatment. So that's all coming up. This is Inspiring Stories. Nigel Harback is our special guest. Back with more soon. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Uh, We are hearing the story of stuntman Nigel Harback. Nigel, before we get on to uh, your cancer battle... Mm -hmm. We were talking about some of the the big egos that you've had to work with over the years. What about the the colourful and eccentric types? You must have come across one or two of those in yeah. your travels as well. I was working on uh, Aquaman. I'm dropping another couple of names here. Yeah, oh, you sorry. are big time. I am. Pick that, up hey, name. that's your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, the lead actor would rock up and sit with his linen pants, his shirt. Hang off. on. So this is that. This is um, what's his name? Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah. And he's you know, he looks like a Greek god. This guy. Yeah. He's six foot eight, just built like he's bit of bit of a unit. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, there was another lady called Amber Heard. It was on the on the show. And yep. on the weekend, also the, been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the on the weekend, one of the stunt guys had a had a, had a bit of a party, and this is in Belly Heads, so it's typical Queensland house. And anyway, this girl walked through, and I didn't realise it was Amber Heard at the time because she was you know wasn't dressed in character, and this beautiful blonde came through with the cowboy boots. I was like, whoa, who's this? And um, and then I went to get a beer out of the out of the fridge, and I bumped into this guy. I said, "G'day, mate. I'm Nige." And he goes, "Oh, g'day, mate." And I won't tell you his name. It will ruin the story anyway. So uh, I'm talking to him. I said, oh, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm in batteries. And I went, oh, yeah, right. Okay, I've just bought a couple of new batteries for my boat. And, I said, and he goes, all right. And I said, um, and I started talking about myself as I do and saying, yeah, I'm a stunt guy. I do this and do that. Anyway, after 15 minutes of talking to myself, my mate tapped me on the shoulder and this guy left. And I said, yeah, nice to meet you. He said, hey, do you know who that was? I said, no. He goes, that was Elon Musk. And I went, who's that? 
And then I went home and Googled it and I went, oh, my God. <laughs> my face just went bright red. And I said, I'm talking about boat batteries. <laughs> People pay $50,000 to speak to them for 15 minutes. I was talking about boat batteries. <laughs> anyway, I just, I, I still regret this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there, Having yeah, said that, if yeah. you'd known who he was, what would you have spoken about? Not about myself, that's for sure. <laughs> about boat batteries. No. But no. seriously, yeah, I mean, what do you say to someone like that? In a exactly. impromptu conversation. I mean, yeah, deadly when talking. How's himself. the space rocket business, Elon? Yeah, exactly. How's you know saving the planet going? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about a, a diagnosis that uh, that came your way several years ago now, and how that rocked your world. Take us back to the moment that you first yeah, learned so that, that you had cancer. Still pretty tender with me, you know, like, mm. um, but. I got a. I was doing a heavy scene on this movie, and uh, the director said, "Look, I want these get these stunt guys, um, you know, blood tested because just in case anything's wrong with them, like you know, it was it's a lot of heat involved in this this scene, and it's quite a heavy scene, you know, mm. for um, physically. And I think one of the guys was jacked up on steroids, so I just think he wanted to sort of filter out who was, you know, sure, yeah. Anyway, so I had this blood test, random blood test. And uh, I got this phone call and from the doctor said, can you come see me? I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. And she said, look, I think you've got blood uh, blood cancer. I went, what's that? So, and then, you know, I started, you know, going, okay, what's going on here? He said, look, I'm going to see the hematology um, specialist. And I went to see him. He said, look, I think you might have um, myelodysplasia. Um, it's like a bone marrow disease. I said, yeah, okay, let's go further. He said, look, you've got to get a, um, a bone marrow test where you get this massive, like, horse needle in your, your back, in your, uh, sorry, your top of your buttocks bone, and, and they extract it, and that's when you can um, see what's going on with your, with your uh, blood tissue or your bone tissue, and which tells the story. And so, um, yeah, I've got myelodysplasia. So, anyway... Um, you know, they said, look, this is what's going to happen. You don't want to get a, blood, a bone marrow test, um, a bone marrow transplant because it is risky and you're not at the stage where you need that. But so just go and do your thing and, you know, you just have to wait now. So um, basically, you know, I looked up and I said, look, you know, this is this is not looking good. You know, I've got the only way to beat this is to have a bone marrow test and a bone marrow transplant. And I didn't have any matches. So I was just had this dark cloud over me the whole time. Mm. And I didn't tell anybody. And, um, and so you're still working at this point, I was right? still working. So you're still and, doing yeah, stunts with this fine, in the back of your mind. Yep. But my my blood count was slowly coming down. Mm. And for a typical example, so your hematogens, um, it, it, sorry, you, you got your your white cells, your, your red cells, and your platelets. And my white cells um, were, I think, about 120, usually they're about 150. Mm. And they went slowly going down and down and down. My energy was going worse and worse, and especially with the platelets. You don't want to get, you don't want to get um, too many bumps when your platelets get below 80. And mm. usually they're around about 150, 180. And mine was getting down to about 70. And I still had these huge stunts to do. Anyway, so it, get, it, it got to the point where it was a bit silly. I was like, um, had to get chemo and I, you know, putting makeup on my face to hide, you know, because I was getting very pale. And and um, in the late, um, in the, oh, probably about seven years ago, I had my first blood, um, bone marrow transplant. Yep. 
which wasn't successful. And uh, I spent a long time in, in hospital. I had 300 bo- um, blood transfusions. Can I just interrupt you for a second? Where did you end up getting a match from? Uh, just, my just, sister just... was a half match. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I had 300 bo- uh, blood transfusions to get me through this, this mm. period. And the doctor said to me, look, you know, this is not looking good. You need to get your affairs in order. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, that was the heaviest day of my life. Yeah. And um, I only, I'll tell you this story, but, you know, there's times in your life where you, I don't know if it's a, your angel over your shoulder or your God or whoever it is might be, but this voice clearly said to me, you need to go to Perth in my sleep. Yeah. I woke up, I woke up my wife, she said, um, I said, we've got to go to Perth. You're in, you're in I was Sydney, in Sydney, yeah, and it wasn't looking good, you know, this, yep. this was not looking good at all. And they said, you know, you, you need to get your affairs and all this. So anyway, I woke up my wife and I said, look, we, let's go to Perth. So I sold up everything, come to Perth. And I met this um, this guy called Matthew Wright at um, Royal Perth Hospital. And he said, look, you know, we do things a bit differently over here. Let's, you know, let's have, try for another match. I said, there's no matches. And we found this match. There's only one match. And it's a lady in America. And uh, he said, you've got to go for it. So... They put me into the microwave oven again, gave me this whole bunch of chemo, and um, yeah, had another bone marrow transplant, and it worked. So, with know. with this person from America, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how does that work? Do you have to go over there? Does no? She she had a uh, bone marrow tra- uh, transplant over, uh, transported over to Perth. Yeah, and um, you know, I was in hospital again, and for the, a long period of time, and. I just knew myself. This is going to work. You know, yeah, I really had faith. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Do you ever get an opportunity to reach out to that person? No, I, I think it's up to the the person, the donor, because you know you, you could. Yeah, it's really up to the person. So I've I've put it out there that I really want to meet this person. Yeah. But um, you know, I haven't had the opportunity. I'd love to get the opportunity, but yeah, it's it's just um, you know, there's a. A silver lining to everything, you know. So yeah. the silver lining is that I'm in Perth. I've got a beautiful family. Um, you know, life is great at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And and now you're all good? Yeah. Yeah. There's a little things, a couple of little things in the background. Um, you know, when you had, if you had true tra- uh, bone marrow transplant, there's always, my, you know, my toes, are, and my toes are numb with all the chemo and, you know, obviously lost my hair and, you know, little things like that balances it off a bit and my lungs are a little bit... Um, Compromised, but look, I I am flying. You know, I'm mm. so happy to be here. Mm. Yeah, and you know, that's I've got so much respect for people. You know, going through this stuff. You know, like it's not only them; it's their families that go through this stuff. Yeah, and um, I try and help out when I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you're going through the treatment, though, I can imagine your specialists and your doctors would have been. Maybe encouraging it to explore a, a plan B career path, <laughs> thinking. Well, they, maybe they, you've got enough danger in your life. Don't. It's funny that don't throw went, yourself in front of a train or you know get into a punch <laughs> on with Keanu Reeves today. Well, you know, but my doctors when I first met him, I said, I said "What do you do for a living?" I said, "I'm a stunt man." He said, "A stud man? What do you, what do you mean, stud man?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I'm actually a stunt man." And they just they always have a double look at the, my my profession, but. Look, that's what I do, and I love what I do. Yeah, um, and I still, you know, get amongst it. Um, probably not as much as I used to. Yeah, but um, you know, it's 
it's just a different path. You know? mm. That's what I got thrown at me. So yeah. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Do you have to live a very clean lifestyle now and, and go yeah, to extra I'd, steps to keep your health in check? I do lead a pretty um, you know healthy lifestyle anyway, you know, so mm. I make sure I exercise, I get enough sleep, I eat properly, um, you know, and mm. I try and uh, practice what I preach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your, your family there, and I know you've got a, a little boy. It's, uh, I suppose, living in your world, um, it, it, it's different, isn't it, for those around you? You know, for your for your partner, when you go off to work in the morning, it's not like a it's not a nine to five job, um, and you do have to put yourself in danger. Um, how did how does she cope with your lifestyle? Um, at the start, I mean, I, I did a lot of my my more dangerous stunts before I met my wife. Yeah. Um, my boys, you know, pretty proud of me, but there's you know at the moment there's not a lot of danger stuff going on. Yeah. Um. So, um. Uh, a lot of the stuff I'm doing now is the handbrake turns, and I don't do the heavy, heavy stunts that I used to do. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I do look after myself, and I do know how to look after myself. Mm. So, but, yeah, I still have a crack. <laughs> You're still, like, yeah, still throwing like... yourself into dangerous situations. Yeah. Just before we get to a break, I've sure. got, your boy's eight. Yeah. You know, he's at that age. You know, you go to school, and you're talking with your mates, you know, what does your mum do? What does your dad do? Yeah. It must be pretty cool for him being able to say, "My dad's a stunt man, right?" Yeah, I mean, I hope he's proud of me. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a gun, you know. He's, I, everything I'm, I do, everything for my son. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think as he gets older, <laughs> things will change a bit uh, with a bit of attitude. But no, he's he's good. Yeah, yeah. And is he throwing himself around the backyard like a lunatic as well? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's not. It's not too bad. Yeah. 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 All right, we need to take another break, cool. but we'll be back with more uh, with Nigel Harbeck, our special guest, in just a moment. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. My special guest is Nigel Harback, a professional stuntman and a cancer survivor. Nigel, just on a personal and, dare I say, philosophical level, tell us how uh, that battle kind of changed you and your perspective on life and, you know, mortality and how do you relate to people and your priorities in life, all of that. Look, just through my personal experience with it, I mean, you know, I've seen kids that haven't come out of hospital. I've seen, you know, people on the, you know, on the last days. You know, I've I've I had a charity and and I've seen you know a couple of people unfortunately pass away. So look, I'm more em- empathic towards when people tell me their story. You know, I really listen. You know, mm. and sometimes that's all they need. You know, you need somebody to sit down beside them, put a, a cup of tea. And just listen to their story, you know, and that's that means the world to them. Mm. So, you know, for me, I just I just feel a bit real, more real in myself, mm. um, and I try and um, listen to people more, you know, yeah. and help people. Yeah, um, not saying you know it was a lot about me when I was a stunt guy, you know, it was all about me and 
living in Bondi, having a good time. But now, you know, I've got different priorities, uh, my family, and, um, yeah, just living in Perth's great. Yeah. Yep. Um, in the stunt world, did you lose any friends there? I mean, that's a, as we've mentioned a few times, it's a job that has inherent dangers. Did you, yeah, did you lose anyone along the way there? Yeah, I have, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you process that differently to how you process losing people that you would have met through your cancer journey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, you know, there's a couple of times there where people, you know, have come unstuck and, you know, unfortunately it hasn't gone their way. Um, mm. And then, you know, there's some big accidents there that guys have been injured for their career, you know, in their, in their career. Yeah. Are there any stunts that you would still love to do? Is there, is, there, is there like a holy grail of stunts that you would still just love to have a crack at? You know, jumping off a particular building out of a plane, you know, one of Elon Musk's rockets, you know? <laughs> like, is there something that you would still you go, oh, I've Musk got to do it? You? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, no, nah, look... I'd love to be on a, I mean, there's an opportunity to work on a point break film and then unfortunately... You and Keanu back together again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, I'd love to have to surf massive waves, but I can't. You know, that's one of the things I'd love to you know, have a crack at. You know, um, I've done most things in the, in the stunt world. Um, yeah. But look, I've had a great career. There's no regrets. There's no... Mm. But um, no, I've... I've uh, I've rarely said no, um, but what no. would you say no to? What what, what are the stunts? Well, that you I did have say said, no. Yeah. This thing on um, on a movie called Drift, where they needed a guy um, in a tinny getting mowed down by you know thirty foot wave, and I said no, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what are the ones that you've loved the most? Like um, fight stuff or fire stuff? Like, yeah, what are the ones just, that you've gone? Yeah, that's that's for me. I mean, I've been in scenes where it's all about me. You know, the st- the ambulance is standing by. You know, and if you there's a a very slim chance of you know of doing this correctly. You know, you've mm. got to be precise. Mm. And uh, I just feel great. You know, this is this is my time. Mm. You know, my time yep. to shine. And, and you know, I get it in one take, and it feels unreal. Yeah. And now back in. Perth, yep. you know, probably your wildest stunt days are, are behind you. Um, <laughs> would that be fair to say? Oh, I reckon I've still got a couple of days <laughs> hanging out with my dodgy mates. Yeah, true. Yeah. Not the not the three o'clock in the morning at Club no. Bay, sorts of stunts. Um, you know, you, you've, you've, I suppose, started a, a new chapter in your life fairly recently and on a business level as well. You've, you've become a, a, a bottle shop owner. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's that's quite a change of pace, surely. Well, I was, you know, it's all about my boy and my family at the moment, and I was I was getting taken away over east for work, and I was always looking for a little business here in Perth, um, and this bottle shop came up last before Christmas last year. I didn't even know what a cab sap was, <laughs> and I went to my customers <laughs> that, but um, anyway, so um, yeah, I, I dived into this um, little bottle shop and. That's in celebrations in Glenlow. So it's, it's anybody wants to come to Zello. Um, oh, and, and hear some war stories, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just another layer of my life and, and I, I actually enjoy it. You know, I've, I've got to know a lot of people over the time and everybody's got a different story. You know, you've got these guys come in and people, you know, don't realise, you know, like I've got this one guy, he's a, um, a war veteran and he's got so much um, post-traumatic stress going on. Yep. And I got talking to him. I said, look, you know, 
do you mind minding this shop for a couple of minutes? I just need to go to the toilet. And, you know, this guy's back in attention. He's back in the war, you know. Mm. And he said, mate, nobody's giving me that much uh, confidence, you know. And I said, look, and he, he buys, you know, four litres of wine every day. He's, he's self-medicating in that. Yeah, and yep. I said, look, I know I own a bottle shop, but get off the drink and I'll, you know, I'll get you um, some work experience. You know, just, this is, you need to look after yourself. Yeah. So everybody's got a story, you know. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of guys, there's one guy who's a Harvard, um, ex-Harvard U- University um, professor. And, you know, he, I can see his, um, his journey is just going down and down and down. So everybody's got choices, you know. So, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of self-medicating, but then also there's there's a celebration. People, you know, getting married and people, you know, celebrating. You know, and you know, I can provide that, mm. that service. Yeah, you know, I do enjoy it, and it gives me a sort of room to do what I want to do: spend time with my son, and also go over over east still and yeah, and perform. Yeah, obviously things have uh, have hit the the brakes in terms of television and film production recently, particularly in oh, the states. Man, obviously yeah. the picture's a bit better here in Australia, but uh, yeah. looking forward to, to, to projects well, I think it's, coming up. Is it looking busier? People looking at Australia as a safe place, you know, they're, they're lining up to come here. You know? mm. And I've been told that by you know, a lot of producers. So it's it's going to be interesting what happens next year. I mean, mm. we've got, at the moment we've got Shen Shi, we've got Elvis, we've got Thor coming up. I mean, and then there's, you know, there's heaps and heaps of productions uh, next year that's going to be, you know, knocking on our door. So mm. this is going to be an exciting time for Australia. And seems to be renewed uh, momentum for film production here in WA. That must be exciting for you. I know that people who've been around a long time say, yeah, yeah, heard it all before, believe it when I say it. Totally, it's coming. But if it's coming, that'd be amazing for you, right? Yeah, it's coming, yeah. It's, yeah. As, soon, as soon as this, um, you know, things start changing, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going in Perth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully it all does uh, come to fruition. Um, Thor. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth, yay or nay? Good bloke? Great guy. I used to double him. Yeah. And then his arms got size of my legs. <laughs> so, and, uh, and now I don't double him. So, so, um, now they need two of you. Yeah, two of you. Great guy, talented, lovely guy. Yeah. Yeah. And and the future, what does the future hold for you? What are you um, look, I'm a hoping stunt, to achieve? I'm a stunt coordinator now. And I said before, it's all about my son. So I'm all about his you know, upbringing, teaching him the right values, um, you know, I spend a lot of time with him. You know, he's got taekwondo, piano, he's got basketball, football, you know, so I keep him pretty busy. Yep. Um, you know, and I live in a really, I'm just in a happy place at the moment, so yeah. it's great. Yeah. So as a, a stunt coordinator, stunt coordinator, you're finding the people to go and yeah, do yeah, the I stunts. Do. Yeah. So, um, you know, about four weeks ago, I had to do a handbrake slide. So, you know, I'm sort of, I'm always looking for people, but, you know, it, I know what I'm looking for and I know when people are, are genuine what they want to do. Yeah. You know, a lot of people ring me and say, like, I want to be a stunt guy, you know, and I'll ask them what their, you know, background is. And yeah. I can pick a stunt guy out straight yeah. away. I'm not a stunt guy, am I? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I'm being nice. No. I appreciate your honesty. It's no. not something I've considered, but I'm pretty sure when you're looking for certain characteristics in a person to be a, I'm pretty sure I <laughs> oh, don't possess that. No, that's good. You, you've got a great uh, voice to, for radio. I'll stick to what I do. <laughs> uh, well, good luck with uh, everything. Stay yeah. out of danger with you. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for coming in and sharing your story. We appreciate it.
Great. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA inspiring story. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.